Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hey, my name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor of Radiant Church, and I want to welcome you to our Missions Sunday. This is an opportunity for us to really explore what God is doing around the world and our mandate as Christians to be involved. So if you're new to Radiant, welcome. If you're just trying this thing out, this is a perfect Sunday for you to see that we are a local church with a global vision. I'm filming this in the beautiful country of Sri Lanka. It's an island off the coast of India. And actually in 2005, you might not know this, but I graduated from college and moved here to Sri Lanka as a full-time missionary. I was working with thousands of kids around the country that had been affected by the tsunami. If you remember in 2004, a tsunami happened where it really impacted and thousands of people died. The country was still in the midst of a civil war that had ravaged the country for years and years. And after the tsunami, there was so much unrest and so many issues. And it was just a huge opportunity for me to present Jesus everywhere I went. And from that opportunity, we were able to start projects in multiple churches that 18 years later, we are still working in this country. It's one of my favorite places on earth. You're going to get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes and really a lot of exciting things that God is doing through your generosity and how you can be involved in the future. After the tsunami, the country didn't just automatically get better. It actually went through many years of real turmoil, financial turmoil, a lot of pressure within the government. Actually, if you'll remember in Easter 2019, there was the Easter bombings that happened. Three different churches were bombed. Over 250 people were killed. It was devastating. And then COVID happened. COVID really affected Sri Lanka in a horrible way, shut down the country for a long time. The economy went in collapse. Inflation has skyrocketed. They ended up actually overtaking the government and kicking the president out. It's been a crazy season. And so I'm back after a season of being away for a couple of years. And, and I'm telling you, even in the midst of all that darkness, God's light is shining forth. And really what I want to do today over the next few minutes is I want to give you three reasons why every Christian should be involved in missions. And so buckle up, get ready. It's going to be a great Sunday. I think there's a desire inside of every single one of us to make our life count. We all have that desire to really make sure that we're making a difference. So how do we make that happen? You see, I really believe that a life that is fulfilled is a life that is fulfilling God's great mission. Let me say it again. A life that is fulfilled, it is a life that is fulfilling God's great mission. You don't have to figure this thing out on your own. God has already told us what to do. We're to live a life making an impact on the globe and this thing called the Great Commission. The problem with it is, is that we try to satisfy these desires by doing things that don't really add up. When it comes to our job, when it comes to building our 401k, when it comes to our status or social media, and we're acquiring all these things that really don't satisfy us. This is my desire, is to really get your life on mission. I really believe that many people that are left to themselves will always make life about themselves. That's why we have Sundays like this, where our whole focus is to get it off of us and get it onto the desire that God has, which is to reach the world for him. I actually really believe that what matters is really not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. 
Let me say that again. What really matters is not really the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. What are you giving your life to? And that is why in this premise that I really wanna bring to you today, three reasons why every Christian should be involved in missions. This might've been something you've never thought of before in your life, but I really believe that God's gonna stir something inside of you. I actually believe across all of our campuses, there's gonna be people that pack up their lives, move overseas, serve people that they never met before, and fulfill the Great Commission. I'm really excited because I really believe that in our lifetime, we are gonna see the fulfillment of what Jesus said 2,000 years ago, that his gospel is gonna be preached all around the world and then he will come back. So let's get ready. Let's figure out what we can do. And here are the three reasons why every Christian needs to be involved in missions. Here's the first reason. I want you to write it on your notes that the command is clear. Why are Christians called to be involved in missions? Because the command is clear. I have five kids at home and my fourth is a four-year-old named Elise. And right now she's in a season where she doesn't quite get the commands that are given to her. So I'll go, Elise, I need you to clean your room. And then I'll go up to the room and she's playing with the toys that are on the floor. I'll say, Elise, did you hear what I said? Yeah, you told me to go to my room. No, I didn't say to go to your room. I said to clean your room. And then I'll leave. I'll come back in a little bit. She'll be sitting there playing with different toys. Well, what happened? Those toys, I went and cleaned them. No, I didn't say clean your toys. I said clean your room. I have to be very clear to her. And I'll look at her and I'll say, listen, you're not going to watch a movie tonight if you don't get all of these toys up, all of it cleaned up, and then you'll be rewarded. We many times do the exact same thing with God. God has given us a clear command. He says it in Matthew 20, um, 28, all authority in heaven has been given to you and on earth. And he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And we hear that and just like Elise, we go about our day and we do something totally different than what God has commanded us to do. Paul tells us that we are therefore Christ ambassadors. An ambassador is what? It is one that is sent on behalf of another land. So we are citizens of heaven, sent by God. And what does the scripture say? As if Christ were making his appeal through us. There is a calling that we have and we're to live on mission. I wanna remind you today that the great commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. It's not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. We are called, as First Chronicles say, to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds amongst all people. That's exciting for us. We should be excited about this command that God has given us. Ephesians chapter two, what does it say? We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for us in advance. So what is he saying? He's saying, I've got good works prepared for you. This is the Great Commission, and now we need to get busy about it. We're not created to stay where we're comfortable. We're to go where we are commanded. Let me say that again. We're not to stay where we're comfortable. We're to go where we are commanded. And I think this is so crucial for us to get because you have to understand your faith is so amazing. It's so great. What Jesus has done in your life is so big, and that is why it is our mandate to take it to the rest of the world. I've heard it said this way, that the reason some people don't share their faith is that they don't have a faith that's worth sharing. Yikes. And I think that's true with some of our life. We just haven't had something sincere happen to us. But if you have, 
And if you have experienced the salvation that God has given you, then we now have a mandate, a command, a commission to bring it around the globe. The command is clear. The second reason why every Christian needs to be involved in missions is the need is great. Now, I understand we have need at home in America. There's a lot of people that don't know Jesus. There is a lot of progressive ideology that's out there that is bringing people away from Christ. And we got to confront that. We got to reach out in our own community. But there's something about the rest of the world to let you understand that the need is overwhelming. The need when it comes to spiritual poverty, the fact that many people have never heard the gospel, the physical poverty, people actually starving in their own their own bodies, and actually even the mental poverty, the, the darkness in people's minds. It's overwhelming when you go overseas. And this is all a result of sin. Sin destroys everything. Sin brings spiritual death. And you can see that all around the globe where people are, are trying to find that connection with God, but it's dead. Why? They're trying to do it in their own way, in their own custom, and their own tradition. And there's only one way that brings access to God. And because of sin, sin brings spiritual death. Sin also brings relational death. We see this in people's lives where relationships are falling apart and, and the family unit is being destroyed. This is a global thing that's happening. Why? It's because of sin. And sin also brings physical death. When you look around and you see poverty and you see war and you see famine, why is all of that happening? Because sin is rampant. And I know we have this in America, but I wanna open up your eyes to understand that what we have in America is small problems compared to the great problems that I see all over the globe. When I get to travel in missions, it just reminds me yet again of how blessed we are to live in a country that Christianity is so prevalent and so accepted and actually how tough it is for our brothers and sisters who are around the globe who are suffering for the gospel. There's more martyrs right now, people giving their life for the faith right now than ever in Christianity. Why? Because there's some really dark places around the globe. I wanna take a second, I wanna show you this video. I think this is gonna be eye-opening for you to understand the need that is happening around the globe. Jesus told us 2,000 years ago that our mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. He also promised us that only after we accomplish that task will we receive the blessing of His return. So, how are we doing accomplishing our mission? To answer that, let's classify the 7 billion people on the earth today into three groups. Let's start with the Christians. About 33% of the world's population would identify itself as Christian. We call this segment of the population World C, C for Christian. It's important to remember that not all of the people that fall into World C are true believers in Christ. They merely identify themselves as Christian because of nominal belief in Jesus or because they live in a country where everyone is considered Christian, so they would do the same. Next, there's the 38% of the world that has access to the gospel but has chosen not to follow Jesus. They have Bibles in their language, churches nearby, friends or co-workers who are potentially Christians, or access to other Christian resources in their language. These people have access to the good news, but just haven't acted on it yet. This segment of the population is called World B. That leaves us with 29% of the world, just over one out of every four people on this planet who not only have never heard of Jesus, they have no chance of hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. 
They have no access to the gospel, no Bibles, no churches, no believers nearby, no chance to learn about Jesus. We call that 29% World A. Now on to missionaries. Only one out of every 1,800 Christians in World C decides to serve as a cross-cultural missionary. So, we can pull 400,000 missionaries out of that World C population. That's our total cross-cultural missionary force worldwide. Did you know that 72% of all our missionaries are going to World C? That's right! The vast majority of the missionaries being sent out are going to the people of the world that have Bibles and established churches. 25% of the missionaries are sent to World B, where there is already some access to the church and to the Bible. That leaves only 3% of the total missionary force to handle all of World A, the section of the population without any chance of hearing about Jesus. 29% of the world has no way to hear the gospel, but we're sending only a tiny portion of our Christian workers to them. What about finances? Annually, all those Christians in World C earn a total of $42 trillion. And together, they give about $700 billion to Christian causes each year. That includes everything. Christian nonprofits, churches, youth programs, missions, etc. Can you do the math? Less than 2% of Christian income is being given to Christ's causes. Out of that $700 billion given to all Christian causes, only $45 billion is given to missions specifically. That's a little over 6%. In fact, there is more money reported embezzled from the church each year than is given to missions. Remember those 400,000 missionaries? We have $45 billion to support them and their cross-cultural work. But how exactly is it allocated? Well, $39 billion goes to World C every year. Yep. 87% of that mission's money is being spent in areas of the world that have Bibles and churches available. 5.4 billion, or 12%, goes to World B each year, those that have access to the gospel message but have rejected it. That leaves only $450 million, or 1% of all mission's money, going to World A, the least reached people of the world. To put that into perspective, annually Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than gets sent to World A. To summarize, only 3% of our missionary force, armed with only 1% of missions giving, is going out to reach the 2 billion people who don't have access to the gospel. 2 billion people are still waiting for the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. What are you going to do to change that? Most people that I know that are Christians in America have no clue about that last category that was mentioned. The idea that there's people around the world, billions of them, that have never heard the name of Jesus. No chance of hearing the good news, no access to the gospel, no Bible in their language, no churches, no believers to talk to them. This is a massive issue. I remember being young and going to the country of Nepal where a vast majority of the people had never heard the gospel before. And I remember seeing this Hindu kind of priest. He was a, an older leader in the Hindu church. And, and as he was walking around, he had this whip in his hand and he was whipping his back. And as he was whipping his back, blood was flowing from his back. And I remember asking our guide at the time, going, what is he doing? And they said, he's trying to pay for his sins. And I remember having a moment sitting there at 16 years old thinking, wow, why doesn't somebody just tell him that he doesn't need to be whipped any longer because somebody was whipped in his place? 
His sins have already been paid for on the cross. All he has to do is accept it, but he can't accept it if he doesn't know about it. I've heard it said this way, it's right there in your notes, that the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And I think we have a mandate to bring the gospel around the world to the billions of people who have never heard before. We actually have adjusted how we do missions to make sure that even our finances are going towards the places that are in the most need. I wanna tell you about one of our missionaries that we work with in the Middle East. I can't even tell you the country he's in, but he's in a place that's so closed down, in a war-torn country, and he's there bringing the gospel to people that have never heard. They're part of that category that have never heard before. And he can't do it and just like go out on the street and preach a message. He's actually in a place where they're having to start businesses and do creative ways of bringing people in and under the radar telling them about Jesus. This is what our missions giving is going towards. We're being strategic about the fact that we're going to bring the gospel to places that have never heard before. I really believe that nobody has the right to hear the gospel twice while there still remains some who have not heard it once. Even in the country of Sri Lanka, we've been working here, mobilizing pastors to go into areas that are totally unreached. For years, we've been in the country of India. India has thousands of people groups, different groups that have never heard the gospel. We've been training up pastors and sending them out. This is our duty. This is why we do it. Why would pastors go and leave everything that they have to go to these areas? Why would people leave the comfort of America and go give their life on the mission field? Jim Elliott says it this way, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Whatever we give up for God, we always get it back in our life in ways that we never could have imagined. So when we lay down our life for the gospel, it feels like sacrifice, but it's not sacrifice, it's significance. And that's what God has for you. He has a life of significance and we're called to live a laid down life. And that might mean you minister to your coworker, but it also might mean that you sell everything and you move to Northern Africa. I know that sounds crazy, but it's only crazy in our American perspective. When global Christianity, we look at it and we realize sacrifice is the norm. Why? Because the command is clear, the need is great. And here's number three, the responsibility is ours. When we look at the categories of people that don't know Christ, we can look at it and feel bad. We can even look at it and cry and go, wow, that's really sad. But the reality is, is that sympathy is no substitute for action. We're not called to just feel bad, we're called to do something about it. And that's what this Sunday is all about, is to give you practical tools of why and how we should be involved in missions, because the responsibility is ours to do something about global evangelization. Here's what gets me excited, is when I talk to pastors and church leaders, nonprofit leaders across America, they all agree that if we took responsibility for fulfilling the Great Commission, if every church did their part, when it came to sending, when it came to financing, then we could see the Great Commission fulfilled in our lifetime and see Jesus come back. That is exciting. That's my dream, that's our desire. That's why we're doing all of this. And really, you gotta think about it. Right now, we've never had a greater opportunity. Just because of technology and social media, we're able to bring stuff into parts of the world that never was able to be brought to before. People can now have their Bibles on their phone. They're actually doing Bible translation and putting it into people's phones. This is incredible. We can be on the forefront of what God is doing, but we have to take 
responsibility. Let me give you a little mandate of why we take responsibility. Because you've experienced the gospel and because you've experienced the gospel, your life has been changed. You now have the responsibility of sharing that gospel with somebody else. I've given this illustration before, but if you had the cure for cancer, how wrong would it be for you to hold it to yourself instead of realizing that God has given it to you to distribute to a world that's suffering? That is why you've been given the gospel. Let me say it this way. We are debtors to every man to give him the gospel in the same measure in which we have received it. So we're debtors of this. Because we've received it, we have to give it out. So we need to be on mission for this and we need to accept the responsibility. Lost people matter to God and so they should matter to us also. Let me say it one more time. Lost people matter to God and so they should matter to us also. People around the globe that you've never met, that you don't even know, they matter to God and so they should matter to us. So this brings us to the question is, what do we practically do? If we have a responsibility, the command is clear, the need is great, what do we do? Let me give you three things as we close this thing out. And I think there are three things that every person should do. Number one is that we should intentionally pray. We should intentionally pray. You all know that's our motto at Radiant Church. We pray first. And I'm gonna challenge you to pray for the gospel to go around the world. But I want you to pray specifically that God would call future missionaries, including yourself, to the most unreached people. Now, I know some of y'all are sitting there going, Aaron, I ain't praying that prayer. I'm telling you, pray the prayer. God might say no, but I'd rather you understand that God has said no than you live a life less fulfilled and less impactful because you never prayed and heard God say yes and you could have changed the world. So I want you to pray that God would raise up laborers and that labor might even be you. We should pray. One of the prayers I prayed um, throughout my life, and it's really helped me as this prayer. It says, God, let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart. God, let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart. And what breaks God's heart? His lost children are separated from him. People who are in total spiritual poverty that have never heard his name, that have never been given hope, that breaks his heart. We should pray about it. Pray that God would send out laborers. Pray for the harvest. Pray for future missionaries. Pray for our missionaries. That's a big deal. So we're gonna start by intentionally praying. Number two, we should intentionally go. You should go. Now, I know you're sitting there going, Aaron, there's no way I could go live in some hut, in some jungle someplace. And that might be the case. Maybe that's not what God's called you to do. But I do think that every Christian should be involved in short-term missions trips. This is a firm belief that I have that we should be involved. When I was growing up, my mom made it a point to send me and my siblings on mission trips starting out when we were in middle school. Now, this is crazy. You gotta think, as middle schoolers, I remember in sixth grade, I went to the, my first mission trip to Mexico. And then after that, I went to El Salvador. And then after that, I went to Nepal. It was in Nepal that I got radically transformed by God, filled with the Holy Spirit, called to ministry. And then I went to Thailand. And then I went to South Africa. I did all of those before I got out of my teenage years. That's shocking. And it really impacted my life because it kept me focused on living a life on mission. And I'm telling you, you should go. I wrote it down this way. Going on a missions trip should be a top priority for every Christian. 
And so if you've never gone, I'm gonna challenge you to go. We have multiple missions trips that are opening up in next year, and I want you to sign up for them. You can find out tons of information at weareradiant.com slash missions. And we're gonna be revealing our new trips, and we want you to sign up and be part of those things. You go, well, that's sacrificial. It costs a lot of money. This is a way for you to go and serve on the front lines. One, you're gonna make an impact on the people that you serve. Two, you're gonna make an impact on the people that are missionaries there, or pastors there. But thirdly, it's gonna impact your life in a supernatural way when you go and serve those who are less fortunate than you, who don't have the gospel like you have it, every Christian should go. So we should pray, we should go, and here's the third one, we should intentionally give. It's shocking to me to find out that Christians as a whole give about 2% of their income towards Christ-focused causes. That's the church, that's nonprofits, that's uh, missions. And out of that 2%, then only about 6% of it goes towards missions, that's any missions around the globe. And out of that 6%, only about 1% goes to the most unreached areas. That is unbelievable. We have to change that. The Bible says that we should not store up our treasures here on our earth where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. For where, for what? What do you do? We store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Most of the reason that we don't care about missions is because we don't give towards it. We're not really sending our finances there. So I'm gonna challenge you, change the way you spend your money. We always try to make sure in our house that we give to God our tithe, and then we give above and beyond that to our legacy projects and missions here at the church. And Radiant, we have an awesome way for you to give towards that. We have a category on our giving tab where you can give right to missions, and we make sure those funds go to the needs that are represented around the globe that are gonna bring the gospel out. And you don't even need to do the research. You don't need to try to find the right missionary or the right organization. That's what our whole team does. We have a whole department that's working behind the scenes at discovering the best EROI. You know what an ROI is? Is a return on investment. Everybody wants a good ROI, but we're looking for a best EROI, which is an eternal return on investment. Who's seeing the most people won for Jesus? How are we seeing the most Bibles translated? How are we seeing the most children reached or the most pastors raised up? So our team is finding that and that's what we're investing in. When you give to Radiant Missions, that's what it's going to, right to the front lines to see the gospel reach. And I'm telling you, it'll bring you greater fulfillment than you've ever discovered before. Why? Because as I said in the beginning, a life that is fulfilled is a life that is fulfilling God's great mission. What matters most is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. What are you giving your life to? I wanna look right at that camera and say, Radiant, this is our moment. This is the time that we can lay our lives down for the gospel to go forth around the globe. I wanna pray for you right now. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I really even believe right now that there's people who are feeling that stir to say, you know what? I'm called to leave everything and go overseas. God, would you speak to them right now? Would you give them a supernatural call to a country or a people group or a language that needs the gospel? Do something supernatural in this moment. There's also people today who really are called to, to pray and to make it a matter of prayer for the gospel to go forth. Lord, stir it in all of our hearts. Give us that passion. And Lord, for all of us, let us be sacrificial with our finances. Let us live a life on mission. 
making sure that we are investing our finances in what matters most, which is the proclamation of the gospel around the globe. We thank you for that. Lord, break our hearts with the things that breaks your heart. And your heart breaks for people. Lord, let us live on mission and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for the sacrifice that was made now, for the significance that is to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.